Ball shoot save. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Out of the net, extra passing. Smith settles, his shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Chapman, congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, we are using a new technology for today's show as I continue to be with the Golden Knights on their four-game road trip leading into the NHL All-Star break at at Hudson Yards in New York City in uh, Manhattan. Uh, It's Ryan Wallace uh, back in Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, and uh, we are using this technology to hopefully bring you a nice, sound, crisp, show so give us some feedback on on what you're hearing because this is all put together thanks to the uh, technical abilities of chris chapman oh that might be dangerous no no well, i see I, what i did there i'm, I'm really propping <laughs> him up i'm giving him all the credit i think this is awesome but if anything goes south or doesn't sound good oh it's all me take all the heat yeah yeah da- now now to be fair darren's a little lower than ryan but i think we can make it work but uh yeah i i i said hey let's try something a little bit different today and uh it, it seems to be so far knock on wood working i i think it's amazing chapman like over the last two days you did independent research you <laughs> went and took it on on yourself to find a solution to darren's room being too fancy for the comrex access unit like you are really giving your all you're leaving it all out there chapman i I got to applaud you for that yeah but the best of it was we got darren from from gordon's family's house in northport (laughs) long island which is and and not only that but but he sent us a cool picture of like a lobster sculpture that was in the house so uh Mm -hmm. that that was that was a first i don't know if i've ever run a show where somebody was in the living room of of a family who they were not a part of. Have you crashed in? So the, the lobster sculpture thing wasn't a lobster. <laughs> it was Gordon's <laughs> grandfather who would collect lobster shells and he would put together characters uh, hmm. with them. So this was a, a, I sent you guys a picture of a pirate. There was a Santa Claus and, or, and there was a golfer and they were all put together with, different uh, variations of the shop lobster shells. So the claw, uh, the body, the tail, all that kind of stuff. It was uh, rather creative. Yeah, you know what? I actually didn't even look at it until right now. And you're right. It is incredibly creative. So uh, good on Gordon. Good on Gordon's family for allowing you to jump on with us for an hour yesterday. And good on Chris Chapman for getting us up and running today. Uh, who would have thought? Well, 2023 uh, is off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was, uh, I was completely uh, uh, doubtful that this uh, whole thing would work. So hopefully, hopefully it uh, it fits. Uh, you guys know how to get a hold of us uh, on Twitter and uh, and give us your your reaction if things have to go up, things have to go down, 
uh, levels that need to be moved around and uh, and whether we're understandable because we can we can play around with it a little bit. Uh, day of practice for the Vegas Golden Knights as they were on the ice at Madison Square Garden. Uh, saw some different line combinations out there for the Vegas Golden Knights and the return in a full contact sweater of Shea Theodore. Will Carrier was back on the ice, so really. Uh, happy that I was able to watch this practice in particular uh, with those returns to the ice. Uh, Carrier uh, was skating with Chandler Stevenson. That's not something that I remember seeing a lot over the last uh, number of years. And it was Shea Theodore back with Braden McNabb. And uh, I think that there's a really good chance that, uh, that we could see Shea Theodore tomorrow night in a return after what he admitted to, to us today is the longest stretch that he's been out in the National Hockey League. That would be a boon for the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I look at Shea Theodore as being a legitimate difference maker for this Golden Knights team. His ability to to just be that that really steady option out of the zone, and you know we know what he can do in certain situations offensively. He's he's a strong defenseman as well in his own zone. Um, if the Golden Knights can get Shea Theodore back, I think that that really does help them over the final two games uh, heading into the bye week. Uh, that that's well said and really uh, accurate. Uh, I think knowing what Shea Theodore uh, brings with the moving of the puck uh, on zone exits, we know how much he plays on the power play and can handle things. Uh, and uh, just his overall abilities to skate with the puck if presented with that opportunity. And we know that there's an option there for the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman uh, to do so. Uh, the, the part about Will Carrier, I, I must admit, uh, is, is growing uh, status as it goes along. Uh, mm. Bruce Cassidy is a really big fan of Will Carrier. Yeah. Not that other coaches weren't. But uh, but it's been it's been mentioned a couple of times. And you know, you hear something once and then you hear it again and then you hear it a third time. You're like, OK, there's there's something here uh, that I should maybe peel back the uh, the layer uh, with a little bit and, and, and explore this. Uh, he loves uh, the way he goes north south uh, is is obviously been exposed to Will Carrier in, in his career year, which is only half the year old. So uh, Bruce is seeing uh, a side of Will Carrier that the National Hockey League hasn't seen before. But the the part that, uh, that really jumps out at you is Bruce Cassidy's real uh, observation of, of leadership. He has witnessed uh, a real influence on behalf of, uh, of Will Carrier. Uh, Carrier has been fantastic in in really every facet. You know exactly what he's bringing to the table night in and night out. I think that there's a trust factor that you have if you're Bruce Cassidy um, and what you've seen so far this year out of Will Carrier. He's going to give you everything he has. He can get things back on the rails if they're going sideways. And he's chipped in offensively by going to the front of the net and being a, a north-south player. So um, I, I like the idea of having Will Carrier alongside Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel. I think that that line, um, you know, if you can find a little bit of chemistry, maybe there's uh, enough there with Carrier's ability to go to the front of the net to open things up for Stevenson and Kessel. And I think if that happens, maybe the Golden Knights can find something there. Well, and, and Carrier, um, and you got to really listen to what I'm going to say and be able to uh, distinguish uh, some words from another or else it's going to lump in and it may not sound uh, absolutely as, as complimentary as I mean this, but Will Carrier came into this year 
playing on the energy line. Bill, mm. uh, Will Carrier was a uh, support player uh, coming into this year, uh, a player that, that coaches loved uh, for being out there and being able to set the tone for a period. Uh, I don't think Will Carrier has been looked at uh, through the course of his career as somebody that can uh, necessarily go out and help drive uh, a line offensively. But we're seeing that evolution in his game. And uh, and uh, I love being around Will Carrier. I love talking to Will Carrier. Uh, he's he's a really interesting, fascinating person. I just mm-hmm. did uh, an interview with him for Nightlife a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and we went down a couple of paths that were, were really, really cool. And I get to see a side of him during uh, certain skates where uh, he, he just jumps out at you. And uh, and you, you realize that there's there's uh more there uh, with with the hockey side of it, and now we're seeing that uh, evolution in his uh, both his uh, mental part of his game, his leadership part of his game, and his physical part of his game to be able to to, to join uh, what is. Uh, Chandler Stevenson in is he your second line center? Is he your third line center? Is he your first line center? I mean, Jack Eichel would be your first line center, but mm. but Chandler Stevenson uh, was was uh, a top player last year and is is a, a top producer of, of points this year. So uh, and then you're playing with a Hall of Famer on the other side. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a real big compliment, and and this might be one of the uh, biggest uh, stick tap moments for Will Carrier mm. uh, in in his in his National High career is being elevated to play on a line like this and it's not because there's injury right now it's you're actually getting healthier <laughs> and he's the one coming back he- and, and healthier it's not uh one of the uh, few options that you have you're creating more options and you're putting him in that and i think it's significant for him yeah it's a testament to the job that he's done so far this year in, in doing you know, his job and, and being as good as he's been. And, you know, I, I think you always know, right? Like you can go back to Carrier, Wah, and Colasar. Um, if you, you're not finding maybe the spark that you want with Carrier alongside Stevenson and Kessel, but I would make the argument that Phil Kessel's been better over the last three or four games um, for the Golden Knights. He's, he's, he's had some legs. He's had some jump. He's, he's made some plays. And I, I'm hopeful that, you know, Will Carrier, the energy that he brings, the, the north-south direct to his game that he brings, uh, can, can be something that you can build upon. Because if you do and you're able to, you're, you're a deeper team because of it. Uh, it also marks the uh, pause on Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel together. Uh, what yeah. do you make of that? I, I just, I don't feel like it's, like it's worked, right? And I, I think that you've had in various stretches throughout this season where, um, you know, you've gone away from Eichel and Stevenson and they've seemed to have more jump away from each other than they do alongside of one another. Maybe, you know, the early returns when it was Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel and Mark Stone were certainly exceptional, but you know, a lot of that, I I do believe you kind of look at Mark Stone and his ability to, to play seamlessly with both of those guys. So, I, I like the idea of moving Eichel and Stevenson away from one another and see if you can find the right combinations for both of those guys to get more out of them. And the right combination for Jack Eichel right now is Paul Cotter and Michael Amadio. Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll be honest, I have been kind of calling for Jack Eichel, Paul Cotter for a while now. I think Michael Amadio's ability to finish, we've seen it at various times this season. He can find space in the offensive zone. He can get open. And if you put the puck on his stick in a pretty good spot, 
Uh, he's usually going to bury that. So I, I like the configuration of it. But again, we, we've got to see, one, how much runway do they get in the game tomorrow night against the New York Rangers? And two, can you see some of that early chemistry so that you, you believe you, you're on to the right combination there? Uh, Bruce talked about the likes of Paul Cotter today. And by the way, I had a really extensive uh, discussion with Bruce uh, this afternoon at our hotel uh, after practice uh, for the Chirp podcast uh, with that I do for the National Hockey League. And this is something that I do every week. You guys have heard me talk about it. And then we talk mm-hmm. to people, uh, players, coaches, personalities all around the National Hockey League. And uh, we wanted to do it with Bruce, but we actually wanted to do it at a time where I wasn't on a computer talking to Bruce uh, half a mile away. And, and instead, we, we could do it uh, face-to-face, and we did it in this uh, really cool environment on the road uh, where we both had uh, plenty of time, and uh, we had a little fireside uh, uh, chat with this uh, cool uh, overlook of, of the Hudson River, and, and it, was, it was enlightening to me. Outside mm-hmm. of Bruce, that you don't get a chance to go down with uh, a lot. There's some hockey talk in it. There's some jack talk in it. There's uh, uh, certainly uh, some discussion about the all-star game in it but we talked a lot about life and our kids and uh uh biking and and uh and history of of coaching and what made him want to get into this line of uh uh of of a career so uh, it's uh if you're a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights I think you'll you'll find it really really uh uh enlightening as to the background uh, of Bruce Cassidy but we talked about Paul Cotter uh, uh, before and after we were recording and what uh where Paul Cotter is in the, in the course of his game. And, uh, and he's got a, he's got a real appreciation for Paul Cotter uh, talking about him in the sense of that, uh, that he's got this personality where veterans love him, mm-hmm. but veterans uh, are able to have fun with them. So he's, he's not the, the prototypical class clown. And we use that phrase in our discussion because uh, that, I, I, I don't, that diminishes Paul. Uh, and those are Bruce's words uh, because it, it, uh, he, he's way more valuable than that. But he's got mm-hmm. an ability to talk to all the veterans, uh, which we have uh, gone down the path with, with uh, Jack Eichel and uh, Phil Kessel. He's got the ability to take the uh, the barbs uh, from the players. It doesn't, it doesn't go too far with anybody. Like there's a there's a real give and take with Paul Cotter. But then mm. that so that's the off ice part where he fits in so well uh, with with this group. But the on ice aspect is you're seeing a player really mature his game and i would say the the offensive side has always been there but there's more confidence of belonging uh in this game right now uh, less deferral for sure within his game uh than we saw at the start of the year where he will take a puck and he will make plays with it and if he gets uh chirped by the veteran he gets chirped by the veteran but he's not gonna it's not gonna determine what he's gonna do with the puck uh mm-hmm. he's gonna make what he thinks uh the best play is for it and then there's the physical aspect which which i think is the most telling part of paul's evolution at the start of the year I saw a lot of Paul Cotter on the ice and it wasn't like he wasn't strong enough to play in the national hockey league. I don't think he, he by any means has gotten significantly stronger uh, up at this level, but he's learned how to play at this level to put himself in a position to be able to stay on his feet a lot mm-hmm. more. Uh, he's, he's ready for it. He's got more reps at this level 
and he's uh, more cognizant of what's going to allow him to stay on on his skates and that is allowing him to stay in plays a lot more and if it's in the offensive zone and the puck's going back down the other ice he's able to get back in the play if it's uh in the offensive zone and the puck's still there he's able to stay and get and make a play on the puck right away and that is is really significant so that that is one of the biggest aspects that I've seen in his game, uh, along with the ability to finish, which uh, if you can bang and crash and you can also finish, that's going to uh, help you uh, play with a player like Jack Eichel. If you're not on your skates all the time, you're no good to Jack Eichel, no matter how good of a finisher you are. You, if you can't get the puck and you're always late because you're, you're, you're picking yourself off the ice, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're not able to be an advantage in that situation. So uh, I, I think it's it's one of the biggest strides that we've seen or biggest gains that we've seen in in Paul Cotter's game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I think that Paul, when he is engaged physically and when he's winning those battles and, and you know, playing maybe with a little bit of an edge to his game, a little bit of a bite to his game, I think that's where he's been most noticeable. And and it's not just in terms of finishing, it's it's in terms of impacting the game, even when, you know, the goals aren't coming for you or the plays aren't aren't there to be made. So uh, I agree that Paul Cotter's ability to be physical and to be an imposing force and to be able to stay on his feet while doing it has been really one aspect of his game that I've I've really enjoyed watching and I've li- I've loved to see mature. So, you know, if he continues to do that and he continues to find ways to, to read off and, and build chemistry with good players, I, I think that he's got a real chance of sticking right now alongside Jack Eichel. Well, he, he's got to play physical. That, that's a, that's a no-negotiable uh, with Paul Cotter. Yeah. He, he has to go out there and he has to be physical. And I'm not by any means talking about running people over. And right. I think that would be really unfair for a, a, a player like him. And because he's not, uh, he's, he's a bigger kid, but I don't, I don't think that that's his game to ask him to be the ultimate power forward. I think there's some strength there, but, uh, but I, I wouldn't put him in uh, uh, a Rick Tockett power forward, go in and crash and bang and be a full bowling ball. But, but, Throwing hits and making contact—that's that has to be part of his game. And if that's not going to happen, then you won't see him uh, not only in the lineup with a Jack Eichel, but you may not see him in the lineup. So that's mm-hmm. and and that's been very 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 clear to all of us uh, all, all along the way that that has to be an element of, of Paul Cotter's game, and he's been a lot more consistent in that. Remember at the start of the year, good start, fell off lost his spot in the lineup, came back, was uh, much more uh, engaged in the lineup, and he's been able to stay outside of injury inside that lineup. And when he's gone back in, he's followed through on on that. And uh, and you're seeing um, just the maturity at, at this level for, for Paul Cotter. But uh, I think there's a, there's a fine line there, uh, and it's unfair for people to, to expect him to go out there and start uh, crashing, banging uh, like, like Keegan Colasar, who can simply run you over. And, and that is more uh, along uh, his, his game than, than Paul's. But Paul can disrupt. Paul can get in the way. Paul can make you notice that he's out there. Paul can hurt you w- w- with a hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And we've, we've seen that at various 
points, right? We have seen Paul use his body and his size and his physicality to his advantage. And, you know, it's, it's always in, in the, the realm of trying to make a play. And I think what you're seeing with Paul Cotter is that when there's a little bit more contact here and there, when he needs to be a little bit more disruptive, I think those are the moments where he pops most. And, and you can see there's, there's, there's a mission to his shifts in the offensive zone when the game gets a little bit more rough and tumble. And I, I think that when you've got a little bit of a bite and an edge and, and you play better, maybe a little bit angry, um, those things can be used to your advantage. And I think Paul Cotter does that. So these two lines, what do you like best about them in, in these combinations? Um, I, I like the speed of Will Carrier and, and Chandler Stevenson and the smarts of Phil Kessel alongside those two players. Like there's still an element to speed to Phil Kessel's game. Like it's not where it was maybe four or five years ago, top end speed, but he can still get around the ice. So I think that line's got a lot of speed and you put Will Carrier on it, a player that I think will go hard to the front of the net. I think good things can happen there. Um, with Michael Amadio, Jack Eichel, and Paul Cotter, I think Paul Cotter can work with Jack Eichel. I just do. I think the way Jack holds on to the puck and, and Paul's ability to go in on the forecheck, kind of create some plays down low, I, I think it can work. So I'm curious to see how it goes, uh, but I am encouraged by the amount of speed you have with Carrier, uh, Stevenson, and Kessel. The Carrier one will be interesting because you have very different wingers with Chandler Stevenson on that line. You have uh, Phil Kessel, who uh, isn't uh, a player that pushes the pace a lot, can get up the ice, uh, but doesn't push, push, push the pace. Uh, much more methodical, uh, but Hall of Fame hands uh, and a player that, uh, that isn't physical. So uh, and and go th go through the stats is one of the least hit or hit er in National Hockey League history. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable uh, how little contact Phil Kessel uh, is uh, uh, exposed to uh, in, in in a National Hockey League game, mm -hmm. and and then you've got Will Carrier who is. A banger, a crasher, speed takes the puck north south, goes hard to the net, and and is is a disruptor with speed, and it's like a, like a comet going down there, and isn't going to change direction. Comets don't don't weave uh, left or right very often, and if they hit something, they're going to go bang, crash right through it, or, or mm -hmm. cause uh, a, a a major impact, and in between is Chandler Stevenson can make great plays, can go east-west a little bit, but north-south loves it, isn't overly physical, but uh, but can get in along the boards. And uh, I'll be I'll be curious. I this isn't a, a line that uh, that any of us projected mm -mm. Uh, that that uh, I think that anybody looked at it in training camp went, oh, what about these three guys? <laughs> but you're searching for something right now. And I think because they all bring something slightly different and it's dramatic and I should say they all bring something different, not slightly uh, to the line. This one will be very uh, interesting to keep an eye on the, the Cotter Eichel uh, type 
type setup with Amadio. Amadio and Eichel have played together and had success. Uh, I think there's something there with uh, with Eichel and Cotter. Certainly personality. Certainly with um, uh, their their style of play. So uh, that's uh, that's that's something to really uh, watch for. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think I'm I'm interested to see how it all works together. I am interested to see um, where the game goes and what. The, the game kind of dictates from Bruce Cassidy whether or not he's going to give uh, those lines a, a, a you know long look in the game tomorrow against the New York Rangers or whether or not he's going to find ways to to implement you know changes if, if needed and warranted so that that'll be really something to keep an eye on tomorrow night. We have John Shannon on the telephone. John Shannon, yeah. uh, who's a world traveler. John Shannon. <laughs> producer of hockey name Canada. we're not going to play the big fancy intro because because you're on a timeline here am i are you okay where are you i'm, I'm uh, hey listen greetings from the uh the 33rd team of the nhl i'm in puerto vallarta mexico we're going to have an expansion team here is that what you're there for? <laughs> you're, you're, you're on a. Uh, uh, Truth be told, I'm, meet, I'm meeting with uh, I'm meeting with uh, big money people here in Vallarta, and uh, next thing you know, I have to tell them that ice is not in drinks; it's on a piece of concrete. Wow! Now, what kind of greeting would you get there? Was there a big band? No, usually guys with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John, I wanted to get your impression on this. Uh, there's a story out there about the uh, regional sports networks and, and Valley's network, which is actually owned by Sinclair through an LLC, uh, yep. that there, there's some financial trouble and how the, how this situation uh, is going to impact some of the teams that, uh, that do have broadcasting deals with Valley Sports. Well, I, it, it's not quite clear yet. Uh, Darren, but we do know that in the next sixty days, it sounds like the the uh, you know the parent company is going to declare bankruptcy, which means they're going to want to negotiate lower fees and pay creditors. Um, and and really, this is kind of an indication of where regional sports networks have gone in many many ways. They've just overextended themselves, but they're going to need these. The networks aren't going to disappear. They're they're going to restructure and. Uh, probably find some level of new ownership as much as it's a story in the end it probably won't affect the guy watching all these games on television or in many ways affect the teams uh long term might be short-term pain but not long-term game i don't i don't see it as as big an issue as people are making it that was my first question was how will the person watching uh be affected by this? Yeah, I, they still be able to see you won't games? notice. I don't think you'll notice one thing. Those people that are watching the Valley Sports Networks uh, won't notice a darn thing. What about the next step in the uh, involvement of sports networks? Well, what I what I would tell you, Darren, is I I think, and I've I've heard this before. Um, I would not be surprised that as restructuring occurs, that the teams take a lot more ownership in these networks. You know, you take, a, you take an area like Ohio, where the Cleveland Indians, the Cincinnati Reds, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, are all on Valley Sports Ohio. It, would, it probably would make sense for them to own piece, a piece of that property, to help grow their property. 
it's probably easier to do that than build your own networks if you wanted to build your own network. So, I, again, I, I think it's just a matter of restructuring and refocus. And it, it, don't laugh. It actually may be better in the long run for teams. You told me that earlier today, and I've been thinking about it. It sounds a lot like the Leaf TV model that you launched way back when well, in Toronto. I think, I, I, I think, I mean, yes, but I think you have to look at Nesson in Boston that is owned by um, the Red Sox and the, and the Bruins. You have to look at MSG, who really, I mean, as a regional sports network, have been the dynamo for years and years and years own the Rangers, the Knicks, and then have the rights to the Islanders and the Devils. So it's one of those things. John Shannon's with us from Mexico. We'll only keep you for a couple of minutes here, John. You, you know, okay, I, I want to pull my, my, my away from coming. that conversation, and I want to get your thoughts on the New Jersey Devils. You just mentioned them. Uh, we just saw them against the Golden Knights the other night, a 3-2 overtime victory for the New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes uh, and Nico Heischer have, have been phenomenal all season. Like, where do you view the New Jersey Devils among uh, legitimate contenders this season? Um, what what I think is going to happen to the Devils, I think you know that it, it's going to be that first round matchup probably against the Rangers, and then we're going to measure it. We're going to see how serious things are. You know, there was a time before Christmas that we wondered if the Devils were going to have a swoon and miss the playoffs. Well, that's not the case now. And it looks like it's going to be one of those classic first-round matchups across the uh, across the river, and and it, things are going to be uh, competitive. It's a, it, you know, the the Devils, you know, they hit their swoon and then have come back. Their goaltending has been really good. Jack Hughes, you're right, has grown as a player. They are a cool team to watch right now. And I think Tommy Fitzgerald, who's an old friend of Darren's and mine, I think Tommy Fitzgerald is one of those guys that understands the modern game and that's that's what we're seeing in new jersey uh i declared them the most exciting new jersey devils team <laughs> i've ever seen yeah this is an organization i think you're in right. the one one championships but for excitement yeah they they create oh, chances yeah. Yeah. and they give them up absolutely hey you know what guys i got guys with guns coming at me right now i better go okay go 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 be safe cheers be safe bye john shannon uh, he's uh, he's clearing customs uh, in Mexico. He's he's going to be fine, and uh, I'm fully confident that uh, that he was just having some some fun there. <laughs> if he, uh, if he, if he's not just having fun, I'm blaming Chapman. Yeah, don't, don't blame me for sure. Don't blame me. Although I although you I got did John uh, Shannon arrested. I, I I did call him a few times, and uh, then I messaged him like oh, we're trying to get you on, John, and. He's like, oh, call oh, me now. You made so, him feel bad about it, like. He's well, no, 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 no. Buddy. See, what I did was I said I think the problem might be on our end. So. <laughs> wow. No, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll send me a note and say, "Why did Chapman call me so many times? I told you I was maybe flying, and uh, I'll deal with it. I'll smooth it over." And uh, the good thing is, you forget his number all the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got our oh, today is the Mike Lee Minden hockey parlay contest mm -hmm. because we're not on tomorrow due to the game uh, against the New York Rangers and the early starts uh, in the Eastern time zone. So we are going to be looking for a contestant 
to play the Mikey Lee Minden uh, VGK Insider Hockey Parlay Contest. We'll give you three games. You pick the winners. You will win the pot that is now up to $500. Uh, we'll do that inside of our number uh, one. And we also want to get into a, a little bit more on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and being back to practice. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Make it happen from Hudson Yards, Equinox Hotel in Manhattan, Darren Millard on the road with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Ryan Wallace back in Vegas, Chris Chapman somewhere, I don't know where he is, I don't ask questions, when law enforcement tells you to look the other way, that's what you do, but he's got us on the air and we're happy about that. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at a time in the National Hockey League where I'm not going to uh, lie to you, there's some speculation starting to circulate at elevated levels regarding moves mm-hmm. we are not yet a month away from the national hockey league trade deadline it's still a significant time period uh, away about six six and a half weeks but going into what will be the first of the bye weeks this weekend and then the all-star break and the second bye week there's a lot more talk happening right now than I've heard at this point in other years. And I don't know whether it's because all the tight playoff races uh, is, is the reason, because there's a bunch of injuries that are happening around the National Hockey League. Some of the favorites are a little bit on the desperate side. But in in my um, travels over the last few days, being out and about and talking to uh, a few people face-to-face, that's the vibe that I'm getting. When... When are you expecting maybe that first wave of deals to come through? Because you know you, you bring up a lot of different reasons, right? You've got contenders that are looking for maybe a player or two ahead of that trade deadline. Um, there's also teams that would probably like to sell sooner than later if they're trying to improve their standings for a say Connor Bedard. So, like, when are you expecting some things to start moving in that direction? I would say coming off the the second bye week is when you might see a few deals. Now we had we had a trade yesterday mm. involving San Jose and Colorado. Not something that's going to move the needle significantly. Matt Nieto uh, goes back to Colorado from the San Jose Sharks. He's been there for a number of years. Can certainly uh, help them. Ryan Merkley is a defenseman with world class talent but uh, has always been uh, held back by certain decisions that he makes uh, as a player and uh, and has run into uh, challenges uh, with coaching staffs and uh, and, and, and organizations, uh, but was a, a, a top prospect uh, with the San Jose Sharks and was a top prospect coming up junior. Uh, so I, I think that one was, uh, was more of a depth move to, to help out uh, shore up some things. With, with the Colorado Avalanche uh, uh, right now, but it's it's interesting that it does happen now uh, because uh, you are going to see teams uh, have some time off. And if you're going to maximize uh, that trade, now is not exactly the time because the players are going to be uh, off for uh, eight, eight, nine days uh, on one half, one side uh, of the NHL All-Star break. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so I, I think it's on the on the back end of it uh, when we get back playing uh, full time. So so Vegas, so give you an idea. Half the league will go on their All Star break and their bye week uh, starting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Vegas is done on Saturday night. Uh, they won't play again until after the All Star break. Uh, so they get all week off as a bye week, and then the All Star break, and then they'll go come back to work against Nashville and, and Minnesota after that. When they're back to work, the other half of the league, after the All-Star game, the other half of the league goes on their bye week. Mm-hmm. And I think it's during that first week of uh, February. Once we get past the first week of February, when everybody's back playing, I think you'll see the consummation of, uh, of a few more of the deals. Because teams that, that take in, take on salary, aren't going to want to do it uh, in and around uh, this time. When when there's uh, half the league playing, half the league not playing, it's just it doesn't make a- any sense. But the talk, that's what I'm getting to. The talk and the discussions mm-hmm. and, and the negotiations. Uh, the impression that I'm getting is that it's it's really increasing, and it's a little ahead of what is normal in, in a national hockey league season. That gives me a lot of optimism because I think trades are always interesting and the trade deadline is one of those uh, times in the NHL schedule where everything feels pretty unpredictable and you know what certain teams are trying to do in improving their teams, their standings going into what they hope would be a playoff run. Um, So the more chatter to me, the better, because I, I think that gives us a lot to look forward to for three and a half weeks leading up to the trade deadline. There, there are certain teams that I think you'll see as as a, more active than than others, which uh, isn't a surprise that you'll see, uh, say, a contender, and you'll look to them and say, they, they've got to add. Every contender adds at the National Hockey League trade deadline. And in what uh, aspect, it, it ranges. I, I wouldn't expect the Boston Bruins to do a ton. Uh, despite having the best record in the National Hockey League, uh, they they've been really good. I I, I think that they'll tweak. Uh, they they would like to add something up front uh, on the wing, and they would certainly like to add a little bit of depth on the back end. Where where I think that you'll see the more dramatic trades will be uh, with some of these teams that are right in the middle, and could possibly. Uh, be of the opinion that uh, they've underachieved to this point and can still make a run at a Stanley Cup. So the, those, the New Jersey Devils, I think, are a no-brainer to do something yeah. significant yeah. At, at this National Hockey League trade deadline. And uh, they're a team that uh, when they've shown when they get hot, they can really go. Uh, but uh, are they a true contender yet? Uh they're they're still on the on the upswing on, on that part. The New York Rangers, I could really see doing something. They they're a team that's battled between a wild card and a top three spot in the Metropolitan Division. I think you see them as as a club that can uh, add a piece of significance that that puts them over over the top. Pittsburgh's got got cap issues. Uh, I think Toronto would like to do something, but they they're they're pretty. Cap, uh, cap, uh, strong on, on that side of it. In the Western Conference, uh, d- don't overlook uh, a Winnipeg or mm-hmm. uh, a Calgary or Edmonton to do something dramatic at the trade deadline. Teams that either have entered the fray 
of being competitive, uh, but uh, still wondering. Like Winnipeg, there's still questions about Winnipeg. Sure. Uh, especially on on depth on the back end. Uh, what what do they what can they do to make themselves a true uh, confident Stanley Cup contender? And Edmonton and Calgary are are thought to be better than they played. They they both consider themselves Stanley Cup challengers at the start of the year, and they're in a wild card spot right now. Um, Seattle would be a team that I think is is pretty happy where they are right now, and I don't think that they would be loading up uh, for short term gain. Uh, right now, this is uh, this is more of a bonus. Right now, I would put Vegas in, in a position. Mm-hmm. I think if there's something there to to add a piece and strengthen your team, I could see uh, Kelly McCrimmon uh, putting uh, putting a bit. He, we know that how aggressive he will be when it comes to to free agents. I I would see uh, Kelly McCrimmon uh, certainly being involved in this, where you've got a team that uh, has been in first place all year that has battled injury. What can he do to make this team better and more consistent? Uh, I, I would, I would uh, put that. I, the West is wide open. So who's going to mm-hmm. be the team to make the biggest splash in the Western Conference? To me, I I look at two teams, and and the one team that I find really fascinating is the Minnesota Wild because they're right in the middle of being third in the Central or just on the bubble of of making it in a wild card spot, like. They are a team that's got a lot of dead cap space, but they do have some flexibility to make a move. How much do the Minnesota Wild believe that they are Stanley Cup contenders, and how big of a splash are they willing to make well, I think they, uh, at they, the deadline? I think they think that they're Stanley Cup contenders. They're not happy with the way when they look at the standings right now and see yeah. that they're out uh, of that line. Um, not as much flexibility as they would like, although they've got the Matt Dumba situation. Sure. Is, yep. is can they get any type of fair value for a player that looks at least recently uh, fallen out of favor with head coach Dean Evison? Uh, that would free up some space to allow you to bring in some, uh, some salary uh, on, on that side of it. But, uh, but they're a team that we knew was going to be battling uh, cap space uh, coming in. Uh, I haven't looked at their their latest uh, uh, numbers on on um, cap friendly, but uh, but they're they're an organization that doesn't have as much flexibility due to the dead cap space as as, as they would like. But uh, that Dallas, uh, I think they like their team. Can they make it better? Winnipeg, they really like their team. Are they a true contender? Can they make it better? Uh, Colorado, we know what they are if they're if they're healthy. That's from the Central Division. L.A. Kings continue to evolve. Uh, can they make themselves better? Uh, well, uh, goaltending appears to have sorted itself out there uh, somewhat uh, with, with the L.A. Kings. Uh, I know that they would like to add some other pieces, but they've been so focused on the uh, – on, on the crease and, and Vegas, the the one that I don't see making a big splash is Seattle. Everybody else mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. In, in the West, boy, uh, they're all they're all circling St. Louis, Arizona, and uh, and the likes of Chicago. So what what's the what's the main move? Like, if you're the Golden Knights, if you're Kelly McCrimmon, like you you find something out there, a player. Like, do you have an idea of? what the main need would be for this team right now. Well, I, I think you, you'd, you'd like a little bit more offense. Yeah. That, that's uh, the blue line. Awesome. Like sure. when, when healthy, 
the blue line, uh, my statement is, is the best in the National Hockey League, the deepest in the National Hockey League. Uh, when they've got their top uh, six going. And the fact that you've had Mirmanov in for uh, a good look, uh, that was unbelievably uh, beneficial. Uh, Pahal came up and did a great job. Korzak's done a great job. Uh, Hutton's uh, found his, his range. That gives you uh, ten, 10 National Hockey League defensemen right there. Uh, I, right. I would be shocked, uh, more surprised than uh, than uh, anything if, if Vegas did anything in the back end because they – it's just so deep there. Uh, the The challenge for this team lately has been scoring and and getting uh, that offense going. Uh, that uh, that would be where uh, I, I would see Vegas going. I mean, it doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame uh, producer, but somebody who can generate some offense, uh, maybe maybe bang around a, a little bit, uh, be uh, of, of the powerish forward uh like power forward is almost a lost art in, in that <laughs> league, uh, in my way of thinking but uh but i think uh they, they would uh it would be more somebody that can uh can put the puck in the net than a pure depth move i'm along the line of thinking that the golden knights are looking to add certainly i, I think that you're in a position right now you get mark stone back healthy at some point here um, with the, the complement of players you're starting to get back into the lineup and, and as healthy as the Golden Knights are looking like they could be the next couple of games, I think you give this team uh, some runway and then you you assess your needs and you you try to find a player that, that checks some of those boxes. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, the Michael E. Minden VGK Insider Show Hockey Parlay Contest. <laughs> Call right now. Be caller number eight. And we will bring you on the program and we'll give you three games. You pick the winners. You will. You will be able to walk off with $500 if you go three for three. 870-876-1340. Call us now. 702-876-1340. Call us now and we will put you on the air with us. The BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Time to parlay with the insiders. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers in the Fashion Show Mall. Uh, I'm uh, not going to lie to you. That still gets me. It's only been uh, five weeks. And every time I hear that, I wonder, is is Chapman having trouble back in the studio? No, that's a bit. The uh, Michael E. Minden Hockey Parlay Contest uh, on the BHK Insider Show. Michael E. Minden uh, Jewelers in the Fashion Show Mall. We give you three games. You pick the winners uh, of the uh, three games. And if you are three for three, you walk away with the pot that grows each and every week by $100 if there's not a winner. We are up to 500 big ones. And Randy is our contestant this week. Randy, are you ready? I guess so. Let's give it a shot. Let's roll it. Uh, Chapman, give him game number one. All right, Randy. Game one. No, game number one is courtesy of Darren Millard. And you need to pick the winner between the St. Louis Blues visiting the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday. I'm sorry. We have any idea who's playing goalie in that game? No. <laughs> I'll just I'll just guess that maybe Bennington's in the pipes and uh, 
who knows who's playing for Colorado these days. I'll take the Avalanche at home. All Avalanche right. at home with pick number one against the St. Louis Blues. All right, Chapman. All right. Ryan has taken great pleasure in this being his game for the week. He is forcing he's forcing you to take an interest in the game between <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes visiting the Anaheim Ducks. That game also wow. on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> game game of the week. NHL Network is probably going to be there. Not. Uh, ooh, boy. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, there might be about 50 about fans in the stands for that one. But we're going to have to try and go and guess. Uh, let's go Arizona with the road upset. You know what? I, I'm with you on that one yeah. uh, with, with that guess. In trying to look at... Uh, the matchup there, I would have gone the exact same way. And if if you don't come out on the right end of it, at least we'll both uh, be able to console each other. All right, game number three, Randy. Uh, here it is from Chapman. All right, so this is my game, and it's a little bit better and a little bit more intriguing than the Ducks and the Coyotes. In <laughs> fact, it could be a potential Eastern Conference final the Boston Bruins are visiting Raleigh, North Carolina, and the Carolina Hurricanes on Sunday. Who do you have in that mm. one? Well, seeing as how Boston is losing tonight at Tampa in the first period, I think they make a comeback, and I think the Bruins will beat the Hurricanes on the road. All right. Wow. So you've and, got and the Coyotes, the Bruins, and the Avalanche. Three for three. Okay, well, the, the Bruins and the uh, Hurricanes one is interesting because that's the old uh, rivalry between the Whalers and the Bruins uh, <laughs> back in the day. And, my uh, my lock parlay you know of the weekend. Same, same logic uh, applies. Uh, I, I, this is the most aligned that I've been with one of our players, and we haven't had a winner yet. $500 right there. Good luck, Randy. We'll Fingers crossed. All right. <laughs> all right, thank you. That was smooth. What I, happened to Randy? He's gone. He's gone. You said you said all right, Randy. <laughs> all right, okay. I I think you know what? I have a good feeling this week. I I think he's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm sorry, Randy, that I had to force you to care about Arizona Anaheim. But hey, <laughs> at least you went with the team that really does try hard.